You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right. So, you know what I'm most excited about tonight? I got my stool back. I got my stool. I get to sit down. Yes, the first time I've actually sat on a stool in a very long time to share. And so, just excited about that. That's a big deal for me. So, appreciate again, Pastor Dre and McKenna going to get that at the uh, at our at this Seventh Day Church that I could that I could sit on a stool. It just helps. I feel the anointing differently when I'm sitting on a stool. I don't know what it is. It just works. So, I'm I have problems. Um, hi, my name is Dan. I'm your pastor. I have problems. Okay. I'm also a nerd when it comes to books and all sorts of things like that. I love to read. I've been reading just a lot of books these last few months. Anybody else? You like really feel like you've been tearing apart books lately? All right, good. I mean, just been reading like crazy. We should get like a group share just on our you know, like Facebook page. Just share all the books that you're reading that you like. Like just, just share them. Um, and I'm always hunting for like just nuggets of wisdom or insight, things like that. And uh, whenever I come across something that is meaningful or I feel like it's significant, I'll, I'll, I'll take a note and I'll write it down. I usually keep them on my phone in a little app called Evernote and I copy it down. I've got just a list of all the books and the things I've gotten out of them. Um, one of my favorite people to quote is uh, to, to copy stuff down from is Samuel Langhorn Clemens. Anybody read Samuel Langhorn Clemens? Some of you know who that is. He goes by more common name, Mark Twain. There you go, Mark Twain. I think that was Shana. Was that Shana? Yes. There we go. Mark Twain. He's one of my favorites just Years later, generations later, still insightful uh, at times. And uh, one of his most well-known quotes you may recognize, and it says this. It says, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Let's read that again. Let's just appreciate that. Isn't that good? The two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. How many of you know your birthday? Most of you, if you don't know your birthday, that's intentional. You're intentionally trying not to remember your birthday. All right, but we all know in our head exactly how many years old we are. Almost everybody. Some of you might you might you might be like within a year or so because you try to stop. You know, ah, I'm somewhere in my in this decade. You know, I'm here. I'm I'm in my 40s. I'm not in my 50s yet. I'm in my 60s, but I'm not 70 or. You know, that was, oh, no, I'm, I'm 20. I'm not in my teens anymore, right? You know, it just goes different ways as you get older. But every one of us knows how old we are. We know the day we were born. The day we were born, the world changed for somebody. The day you were born, somebody was, it, they know, they know. <laughs> Your mom knew the day you were born, right? It, it, it altered her life. Um, your presence affects change and so many things. So the day we're born, we measure things by how old we are, you know. Well, are, are you... Uh, some of you, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but if, you know, how old are you? You know, so if you're X amount of years and you're not married, that's okay. But if you start getting to a certain age and then you're not married yet, people begin to ask questions. Because we measure things by the day you were born. And so based on how old you are, how much have you accomplished in life based on those years so the day we were born, we begin to measure things by that. So we're all aware, cognizant of how old we are and how much we've accomplished in the years that we've had on earth. But the second most important day is the day we find out why we were born. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I'm going to guess that there are some in this room that feel like they've got the answer to that question. You know why you were born. 
You've got this sense of clarity. And it probably wasn't something you knew from the day you were born. It wasn't something you knew when you were 10. You might not have known it when you were 20. You might, I mean, and some of you, I don't know, I met, you know, 11-year-olds that knew they were going to be, you know, um, biologists. I'm like, I don't know how you know this, but good for you. You know, when I was 11, I was, I knew Roberto Kelly's batting average on the New York Yankees because I collected baseball cards. That's, that's what I knew. Um, and there are some of us that are perhaps still waiting to answer that question. There are some of us that are still trying to figure out our why. Why am I here? What's, what, what's my purpose for being? Now, some of you, based on how old you are, based on your born date, you figure, I probably should know already my why. And then you start to feel guilty about the fact that you may not know your why. And then you feel ashamed of the fact and you don't want to talk about the fact that you don't know your why because based on my age, I should know already. Two most important days, the day you're born, the day you find out why. And those three letters, those three letters can cause us so much grief. Why? Why? Some of the most confounding moments in our life follow that question. Why? Why did this happen? Anybody ever asked that question? Why did this happen? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't it work out? Why didn't it go the way? Why? Why is that person that way? Why are people the way that they are? Why am I the way that I am? Why me? Why did this have to happen to me? And we, some of the most confounding questions in our life start with those three letters, W-H-Y. Why? Why? Recently, this morning, actually, I was asking one of those questions. Lots of people were asking that question this morning. We had a walk this morning. Pastor Kevin's sister, Vonnie. Many of you know Vonnie and Larry. Members of our church. I don't know if anybody's got the question on your mind, but I do. Why? Struggling with cancer. Doesn't look hopeful. Sitting there wondering, why? Why, God? And that's the thing. Often we direct that question to God. Why, God? Why are you doing this? Why, why is it playing out this way? That's not the way I would have done it, God. Why are you doing this? And the reason I think that we ask God why is because we believe he knows. We're hoping that he's got a reason and that maybe somehow, some way, when we ask, God's going to tell us the why. Because whether we agree with it or not, at least knowing why we think will make us feel better. Anybody? You feel like if you at least know why, I'll feel better. Even if I don't agree, just at least give, give me a reason. Give me something. Give me a reason, God, why. And as we review this year, it's a year that we've identified, we believe God spoke, said, hey, it's going to be a year of something new. He's going to do something new in us, and it's going to be better than where we were. And we go into all of that. I can't help but wonder, why, God? Because does this something new feel better? <laughs> like, what was wrong with something old? How many of you, like, I liked wear, I liked not wearing a mask. I loved that my kids all were in school. <laughs> I liked, right, just being able to not think about walking into a crowd of people and not having to wonder, does this person, okay, is this a hugger and not a hugger? Are we, are we doing the pound thing? Are they not shaking hands? Do I need to stay six feet away? Are they terrified to even see me? Like, where, where are we? Like, 
what was wrong with something old, God? I appreciate the something new, really. But how many of you would love to go back to last year, right? In, 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 in the flat, like just if, if you're honest, like just honestly, it, was, it felt easier, right? It felt easier, like this doesn't feel better. We wonder why. It's the last time I plan to share from Isaiah 43 this year. <laughs> and I put the words, I plan in quotes, because you know this year trying to plan that's a that's a funny thing, funny funny thing plans. Um, so this is the last message. Next next weekend we will kick off uh, something else, uh, not something new. <laughs> it'll be something new to us, but it won't be. It'll be something else. Too. It won't be something new. That's too complicated. So anyway, there's one more discovery I think that we need to make in Isaiah 43, and then we're going to kind of um, let it let it rest for a little bit. Uh, but for all those times that. We ask the question why and don't get answers. As I was reading this passage one last time, I felt like God sort of highlighted a why. We don't always get why questions answered, but I feel like God gave us one. And it's a big one. And I want to read it for you. And so if if you'll just indulge me one more time, can we read through this passage? I know you've heard it over and over and over again. Um, But it's the word of God and better than anything I'm going to say. So let's just read that for a minute, will you? So if you'll read on the screen with me here. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, and I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Verse 21, I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that as we listen here right now, that you would be clearer, that we would hear you clearer than we've ever heard you before. God, we know you have no problem communicating. It's always our ability to hear. And so at this moment, we invite you to amplify our listening skills and let us hear from you in a way that changes us. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to ask you, did you catch it? What, does, what, is, what was God's why here? Does he, did you pick up there, why is God doing something new? See, verse 20 and 21, I'm going to go back there, I'll read it, it says this, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so, well, that's a reason, that's, this, here's the reason, so my chosen people, can be refreshed. What he's saying here is to give them drink. Any of you thirsty after singing with masks on? Anybody like really super thirsty, right? And he says, I, when you, oh, to, to refresh you, to give you drink. And verse 21, I have made Israel, why? For myself. And they will someday honor me before the whole world. See, God made the people for himself. Doesn't that sound weird? God just said, hey, just, it's just for me. I'm just going to make people for me making people for myself. Um, but not to be pawns, but to be people that he could know and love and bless 
and, and spoil, right? I want, I, want to, I want people that I can love and show my goodness to. He wants to refresh them, to bless them. The heart of God is to be a blessing and in a blessing-filled relationship with us. That's the entire point of our existence, right? That's the whole reason for Adam and Eve. In the beginning, why is God created Adam and Eve? To be in relationship. That's the whole point of this thing. That's why we talk all the time. This is not about religion. It's not about, hey, do you follow rules? It's not about checking off boxes. Did you go to church? Did you read your Bible? Did you give? Did you do this? Were you nice to seven people today? Did you, you know, forgive? It's not about keeping score. The whole point of this is the relationship. Ever since the beginning, it's been a relationship. And it's, it's so important because people, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I am task-oriented, right? We've, we've, I've shared this ad nauseum with you. But I, I love getting stuff done. I'm a doer. I feel productive and validated in my life when stuff gets done. I love checking off boxes. I have to-do lists everywhere, and I feel so good when I check off boxes. And if something, I do something that wasn't on my to-do list, I put it on the to-do list just so that I can check off the box. Right? Like, I love checking off boxes. I really do. Um, and when I sensed that God said he was going to do something new, I immediately began to think of the things God's, God was going to do. So when you hear God says, I'm going to do something new, I don't know if you're like me, but I begin to think of, okay, what are those new things? What are the new places? What are the new opportunities? I, I began to wonder, what's that going to look like? Is it going to be this in my family? What's it going to be for me personally? What's it going to be for, you know, our church? What's it going to be for our community? What's it going to be for, what does the something new look like? What are the things? What's going to be different? And how long are we going to, is it going to take to get there? How long until we reach something new? How long until we can say, hey, right now we weren't in something new, but now here we are. We're in something new. We're there. We made it. We, we arrived. You know, the kids in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How long until we can say, I'm there in something new? Okay, here it is. Are we in there yet? I don't know. Anybody know? Are we in something new yet? Are we, are we on our way? Are we, does it feel something new? Does this feel new and great? Awesome. Like, it's different. It's something different. It's new, but not better new. I don't know. Some of it, maybe. Like, it's confusing. The destination of something new is what really began to capture me. I began to think, where are we going, God? Where are you taking us? And the problem, the problem with that line of thinking, as I really even just began to identify it this week, is that God has never been taking us anywhere in the sense that this has not been the primary goal. God's always taking us places, but the goal has never been getting there. God didn't say, hey, Israel, I got a new place for you. He said, I've made a new people for myself. What I'm saying is that God's intention, his reason, his why has never been just to bring us somewhere new for the sake of bringing us somewhere new. He's been doing that. Don't get me wrong. God is definitely leading us somewhere new. It's all of that. But that's never been primary. That's just secondary. That's just that's just a vehicle. His primary purpose all along has been to get us to know him better. That's the whole reason. God is a God of relationship. Remember, he told us what he's going to do in advance because he wants us to participate with him. God made us for himself because he wants to know us and be known by us. And here's the thing. When we get into these journeys, when we get into this stuff, if we're not careful, we can become so focused on getting there 
that we missed the entire reason for the journey in the first place. I'm leading you into something new. Okay, God, and immediately our minds go onto the journey. What's it going to be like? Where are we going to do when we get there? What are all the, you know, mile markers? What have we gotten through? Okay, I've been through pain. I've been through suffering. I've been through this. Okay, something good's got to be coming because this destination is what matters. And if we're not careful, we completely miss the fact that we have not been walking through a wasteland and a wilderness simply just to get to somewhere new, but so that we can experience God anew. The miracle is not what God is doing for us. The miracle is that God is doing it with us, that he's never left us. God is leading us deeper and deeper into relationship with him, and it's just, it hit me. I don't know if, it's, if it does hits you the same way it hits me, but this has never been a destination quest. It's always been a relationship journey. On my desk, early on in our marriage, my wife got me a Harley Davidson picture frame and says it's not the destination, it's the journey. Right? And it's a picture of us there. Um, because, you know, I dream about riding motorcycles, although I I don't get a chance to do it that often. And somebody once said it's not the size of the the boy on the motorcycle. It's the size of the motorcycle in the heart of the boy. (laughs) Um, And so I've got a big heart in there, but it's not the destination. It's the journey. And along the way, we grow more and more familiar with the voice of God as we journey through wildernesses and wastelands. And then I begin to piece it all together. God has been leading us. But the whole point is not just because he wants to get us somewhere, He's leading us through wilderness, and he's leading us through wasteland because when you're somewhere that you don't know, ever follow somebody that you don't know? Ever get in one of those moments where you're you're driving and you're like, listen, do not drive too fast because I don't know where I am. See, we don't have the same feeling anymore because we have GPS and phones and things like that. It changes things. That illustration used to kill. It was great. Now it doesn't work so much. But some of you who are older remember that. Maybe you remember as a kid, you know, walking through a store and mom or dad, you know, you get lost. You're like, I don't know where I am. You know, and so when you're in unfamiliar territory, what happens is you gravitate towards the people that you trust, that you know that they know where they are. If you're walking in New York City, like, I don't, I'm not a city person. I don't know how to get navigate New York City. We went with John and Crystal one year for, to look through their Christmas markets and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just sticking with you guys. I have no idea where we are, and I'm just walking, but I'm following them. But I was sure not to lose sight of them because we've got we to walk close. It's the same thing as God is leading us through wildernesses and wasteland, places we are not familiar with. What happens? We naturally get closer to him because we know, God, you know where you're going. And if the whole point all along might, maybe it's not been just to get us there, but just to get us closer to him just to get us closer to him. Because along the way, when you spend time with somebody on the journey, oh man, whether you like it or not, you learn their voice. When I was a freshman in college, Nikki and I traveled on a music team. We went to college together. Pastor Kevin wasn't uh, on the team at that time. He was on it the year before and the year after, but that year. And so for seven weeks, we lived in a van not down by the river, but we lived in a van. And with other college kids, there were one, two, three, four boys. We'll call them college-age college boys. And I don't know, 
47 women in that van. I don't know. It felt like a lot. There was, what was there, seven? There was like six or seven. I don't know. It was, there was like seven, eight, ten, twelve. It was a lot. They outnumbered us. Let me tell you, after seven weeks of traveling in a van, I knew those people better than I ever wanted to know anybody. <laughs> Nikki did it for four years. I don't know how she did it. She kept going back for more. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I am done with this. You know, because, and listen, along the way, when you spend time with people, you just get to know people. The people that you work with, you know them well, whether you like it or not. You know those people. You know their idiosyncrasies. You know what they like, what they don't like. You know when they're annoyed. You know how to read their signals. You, can, you just pick up on everything because it's just familiarity from time. This journey has not been so much about getting us somewhere as it has been about getting us closer to God along the way. The psalmist said, better is one day with you than a thousand days anywhere else. There's something about just being with God that is the gift. And I just want to suggest that perhaps as we look back on this year, as you look back, we're coming into the, the final months, the, the final, you know, the final lap here of 2020. Perhaps this whole year hasn't been so much about getting us somewhere, but about drawing us closer. When we realize that God is with us, you know what happens? It doesn't matter where we are or how long it's taking us to get there because he's here. And if he's here, I'm good wherever I am. As long as God is with us, we're right where we need to be. See, this is our why for this year. This is our reason. The reason for this year has always been to be with God, to discover the gift of what it's like to walk with God through every season. So why King David could say, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. No matter where I go, no matter how long it takes us to get there, no matter how unfamiliar, how scary, how disappointing, how hurtful, how confusing, no matter what, you're with me. And if you're with me, I have no fear. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had courage to stand for their beliefs. So Daniel's three friends who walked into the fire, it says, hey, but I see four in there, right? Because God shows up when you walk with him. That's why Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's why we are here to discover the life lived with God. We are his chosen people, and he has made us for himself, to be in relationship with him. That's the whole point of all this. It's never been a destination. It's always been the journey. So, so what? So what? This is a great question. So what? If God has been with you every single day, then here comes the hard question. Have we been with him? God has walked with us every step of the way. Are we paying attention to that? The fuel for every relationship is conversation. Conversation. The conversation is the relationship borrowed with no apology from Susan Scott. Here's conversations. The conversation is the relationship. The relationship is not defined by your titles. Husband, wife, brother, sister, mother, Daughter, friend, neighbor, coworker, boss. It doesn't matter the title. 
your relationship is defined by your conversation. If all you ever talk about is business, you're business associates. If all you ever talk about is the weather, right, then you're weather people. <laughs> doesn't matter if, if, if my wife and I, if all we ever talk about is the kids. We don't ever talk about us. Then that tells you something about our relationship because the conversation defines the relationship. The people that you really know and trust, the people that you talk to deeply about things that matter to you. The conversation is the relationship. And I'm challenged as a father when my kids speak to actually listen to what they're saying. To be present. Can we be honest? Isn't it hard to be present? Whenever people are talking, how many of you are thinking of what the hundred other things you've got to do that day? I asked everybody to take some time if you, if you watch the Sermon Seed video online, if not, but, you know, to count how many people you have talked to between watching that video and now. And the, the real question is, how many people did you actually listen to? Like, I went, you know, I, you know, I talked to people, but I didn't actually, like, ask them any questions. Didn't actually, like, ask them how they were really doing. You know, in Jersey, we don't, like, how you doing in Jersey is like a keep walking. That's exactly, so it's like if you're walking, you know, and you pass somebody, you say, how are you doing? Right? So what you're telling them is keep walking. Please don't talk to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. Just keep walking. Um, you know, hey, what's up? How you doing? Good morning. Yep, keep walking. We talk to people, but we don't talk to people. How many people have you actually told how you actually feel, really, what you're struggling with, what you're hoping for, what you're dreaming? How many people have you actually sat down and poured that out to the conversation is the relationship and if the whole reason the whole why for us being here right now at all in any shape or form if the whole reason is to have a relationship with god then that follows that we have to have a conversation with him and it's not a one-time conversation but a continual conversation and conversation isn't just one-sided it's not just us telling god hey god i'm going to pray today i'm going to ask you i'm going to pray those prayers prayer is part of the conversation but also part of the conversation is shutting up sorry being silent listening listening for the voice of god god if the whole point of you doing everything for me is that you want to you want to be with me and there are probably things God wants to say to us. And if there's things God wants to say to us, I've got to imagine that they're worth listening to. We recommend, recommended last year the book Whisper by Mark Batterson. It's a great read and explores how, to, how God talks to us. God talks in so many ways. But I think sometimes it's not so much about trying to figure out how God talks. It's just about silencing the noise. We talk to our phones more than we talk to God. Spend more time on social media, listening to the news, podcasting, doing whatever, filling our head with noise. God, I can't hear you. Wonder why. Got a cacophony of noise going on in our heads. It's so hard to hear the voice of God when it's filled with so many competing voices. And let me tell you that is a tool of the enemy. There's nothing wrong with listening to people and having relationships. There's nothing wrong with listening to the news. There's nothing wrong with being on social media. Those things are not inherently bad. The problem is when we allow those things to become so prevalent, so loud, that we don't even have 
time or space or mental energy to be silent, to just listen to God, to make time to hear him. You know, silence is deafening because we're so used to filling ourselves with noise. My mom used to tell me every time I drive to college, it was about a one-hour drive. She'd just say, hey, just leave the radio off. Okay, just tell me what to do. Leave the radio off. It's amazing what happens when you just take an hour to be silent. Over time, just what God begins to kind of, what thoughts come into your head. It's like, oh, start to reflect. Start to actually hear. I want to encourage you. God wants to speak. Maybe we just need to make some time to listen. Like uh, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, A Beautiful Mind. Anybody remember that movie? John Nash, a brilliant mathematician from uh, Princeton. One of his, he'd struggled with uh, schizophrenia and things like that and hearing voices. Got a powerful quote. He said this, he said, like a diet of the mind. Somebody asked him, how do, you, how do you differentiate? And he said, like a diet of the mind, there are some appetites I just choose not to indulge in. There are so many things competing for our energy, for our attention. We can have a, a mind diet and say, I'm going to choose to not listen to these things. And I'm going to choose to allow these voices to be in my head. God, I want to hear you, so I'm going to silence some other things for a season. That's what fasting is all about. It's, it's separating ourselves from those things that we do regularly so that we can give God an opportunity to do something that we wouldn't otherwise have time for. So I want to ask you, what are you feeding your ears? We're in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, you know what happens? There's so many, you're, you're so disoriented when we're, we don't know. We've never been in this day before. We don't know who's telling the truth, who's telling a lie. We're trying to listen. And I, I said this a few weeks ago to Pastor Dre. Is we're so concerned with getting to the bottom of everything. What's true? What's real? What's actually happening? What are the real numbers? What's going on? Who's behind this? Is this political? Is this financial? You know, is it Illuminati? Is this other things? Is what's going on? We get, we get so consumed with trying to get to the bottom and figure it all out. And we've forgotten who's on top of it all. God's got it. God's got it. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. You choose what you listen to. And if we're not hearing God in this season, listen, God has been leading us and leading us out into the wilderness. He's been leading us through some crazy places. And again, it's not just to get us somewhere, but because he wants to draw us closer. And so I want to challenge you that if you're having problems hearing the voice of God as we walk, not because he's got a communication problem. Perhaps there's something else just clogging up our ears. God wants to talk with us every step of the way. St. Augustine said this, familiar, you've heard it. He says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. God says, I made the people for myself. And what we're actually looking for is not a destination. It's not somewhere new. It's not, oh, finally we get there. It's to be with God. Better is one day in the house of God than a thousand days anywhere else. This whole journey has just been a journey to God, closer and closer and closer, day by day. And the best part about the journey is it doesn't end. (laughs) On this earth, 
guess what? We're going to have our, our, there's going to come a day where our number is up and our days are over here on this earth. But we continue to spend time getting closer and closer to God. Someone once said, we are homesick for eternity. That's what we are. So it's not just a destination here at the end of the year where we finally get, okay, God did something new. We got the right people in the place and life's just good and I feel peaceful and I feel at rest. No, the goal is to just get closer and closer to God. When we hear him, we can trust that he's with us. Wherever we are, he is. I'm telling you, that's when peace begins to come in because no matter what happens, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when you're walking through this stuff, when you're going through difficult things, when you don't understand why and you're going, God, why, 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 why? Listen, as long as I know God is with me, I can, I can handle any why. As long as I know God's got me, I can handle any why question. Because I trust that he's with me. And he's never going to leave us. I'm going to invite the band up and we're just going to close in prayer. Would you, would you bow your heads with me? Let's ask the band just to, for now, just to play instrumentally in the background. As we're praying, if you're listening right now, and if you've struggled, maybe for longer than you can remember, with knowing you are why, Perhaps would you consider what God has spoken to us here? If as you heard the words that your why is to be in a relationship with God and the God who created you wants to show you his love, that's your why. Your why is not to do something, to to accomplish something. That's not your why. Your why is ultimately to know God to make him known. If that resonated in your heart, if there's something in you right where you are, you say, I, I, I want to know my why and God is there. Wherever you are right now, would you simply acknowledge that this is true for you? Would you simply say, my reason is to know you, God. Right where you are, would you say, my reason is to know you, God. To be known by you. Our reason for being is to know you and to be known by That's our reason. That's my why. I also want to pray for you. If you've been wandering for a while, perhaps you feel alone. Maybe you feel like nobody knows the pain or the hardship that you're dealing with. It's more than you can handle. And you not only want to hear the voice of God, but you need to hear the voice of God. I'm going to invite you right now declare with me, God, you are with me. That's where we are. God, you are with me. You never leave us. God, you have never left us. Finally, maybe as you're listening, you know that the voice of God has had no chance of breaking through all the noise you've allowed to compete for your attention. Maybe right now as you're you're listening, your head is filled with so many other voices and you've had enough. It's time to receive the something new of a new commitment to Jesus. Would you be willing to say right now in this moment, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm going to choose to shut out everything else. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. God, silence the noise. Help us to hear you. want to pray for you. 
right now. Heavenly Father, there are those right now who have yet to discover their why. Lord, would you make it like neon on a billboard? Our why, our reason for being is to know you, to be drawn closer to you. Lord, there are those feeling alone, not recognizing that you've been there every step of the way. God, would you just make your presence real right now in this moment? God, you are with us. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us here now, right now, in this building, wherever we go, you're with us. You've never left us. Holy Spirit just hovers over. I want to pray finally for those just had so much noise in their head, so many competing voices. God, would you just, Lord, as you spoke to the waves, would you just say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. God, we confess we've allowed other things to get in our hearts, other things to just invade our mind. Lord, there are some of us that we've just had way too much news. Lord, we're, we're addicts. We can't stop listening breaking news yet none of it is new God I ask right now forgive us let us hear your voice your goal in leading us through the wilderness was never to just lead us to somewhere and leave us here but to bring us closer to your heart would you do that right now thanks for listening to our podcast If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.